0: Welcome to another edition of the Dynamic Thriving Podcast. I am your host, Mary Ann Pack, spiritual guide into all things life transformational. And today I am so pleased to have my dear friend and colleague, Lori Raggio with me of InspireGreatnessCoaching.com. So welcome, Lori. Hi, Marianne, how are you? I'm wonderful. I am so glad you're here because this is another special edition where Lori is going to help me tell a little bit more of my story because the topic today is thriving beyond religious trauma. So I'm really excited to have her here. She's got a lot of questions lined up and um, I believe we're going to split this into two parts. So this will be part one. And um, I think we're ready to start. Oh, but the other thing, um, Lori uh, has been a guest on this podcast also, and her episode is episode 17, and it's entitled Being and Becoming a Spiritual Journey. So that will be in the show notes so that you can watch uh, Lori's episode also. So what would you like to get started with, Lori?
1: (laughs) Well, first of all, Marianne, I'd like to thank you um, for offering your podcast and interviewing so many amazing, incredible entrepreneurs, coaches, healers, light workers, and really supporting their message mm-hmm. as to how they use their talents to to impact the world. So knowing that this is a, a special episode for you and a focus on you and your journey and and your business, I'm, I'm honored. Um, to be the person interviewing you. And I know that on April 1st, your podcast was focused on, on you and kind of a shift that you're making, not only in your business, but really in a little bit more about what you're focusing on with your journey. And so I'm wondering if you could bring us up to speed a little bit. What is that shift and, and how are you impacting the world?
0: Oh, that's a very good question. Um, I, um, this past several months, I have been feeling a call to talk a little bit more about my spiritual journey, my spiritual path through the church and then leaving the church and thriving on the other side. um, Because I felt like there was enough healing around that that those um, emotional stings weren't there. Mm-hmm. So it was, it's still a very vulnerable place to come from. Uh, um, so I, I, it was like my last area to surrender to and say, yeah. yes, I will speak my truth. Yeah, and I will share it with others because I know I'm not the only one with religious drama. Right. So there are probably millions of us around the world who have dealt with this and the um, consequences and the coping mechanism and the the all the mm, the symptoms that go with it. Yeah, uh, that can be m- misdiagnosed even in treatment. So, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah, but, but expanding this into being able to use my voice, mm. my truth in my business now has just been. Mm, very very exciting and uh, kind of scary at the same time you know well and i wanted to thank you
1: for again being vulnerable and actually modeling for all of us what you give all of us an opportunity and and i think it's interesting what you said and really important for others for your listeners to hear this you said you've done some healing around this topic right. and it's not as perhaps difficult to talk about it,
0: right.
1: but we're never a hundred percent healed. And so if we were to wait until we felt like we had dealt with everything, right. then we're missing out on an opportunity to talk about things that are important to us and that could really impact other
0: people. Right. And the other thing I want to let people know is, you know, this will have a lot of religious trauma triggers in it. So this conversation, take care if you uh, really suffer religious trauma, those triggers um, emotionally, it's very disturbing to you. Just take care that this this show will be talking uh, a lot about the symptoms and the reasons behind it, the effects, the detrimental, the damage that we suffer. Um, The other thing, many people don't necessarily have to have been raised in the church to be experiencing trauma. There is indoctrinated beliefs trauma, which I thought of the other day. Um, I just feel like my spirit guides led me to that phrase because it's not just, it's, it's anytime you are indoctrinated into something that is very controlling, outside controlling, mm. um, where you are not autonomous in any area of your life. Even if it's one area, you have trauma mm. in that indoctrinated belief. So it, this is not just religious This could be cultural. This could be social. So, you know, it could be familial within Mm. your family, a teaching that was very strong. And this is the only way we do this in our family. Mm. And it's very controlling. So that leads to trauma. I think that's an important distinction, Marianne, because
1: your experience was very much around the religious trauma. But there's so many other people who might be listening to this particular podcast that maybe that's not their experience, but they might be able to relate
0: to some of the things that you're yeah. going to be talking about. When you start listening to symptoms, yes, and you start noticing those, yeah. yet you weren't maybe raised in a church or a religion. Yeah. You're going to find that, oh, you you may just have some indoctrinated beliefs. Yeah. Just anything that is a controlling, constrictive, uh, you know, power struggle Mm. between your autonomous your sovereignty and the outside some someone else outside so
1: so i know that you've talked before about this moving from the religious refugee to a spiritual sovereign Mm -hmm. and i'm wondering if you can explain that a little bit more talk a little bit more about
0: that and how that played out in your life absolutely and I felt like a spiritual, uh, a, a religious refugee, in in realizing the church was becoming very toxic to me, and seeing the overreaching power and control that it wanted to have on my life, and that I wasn't sovereign in my own life, that I couldn't make my own decisions, that all the church believes. And even within the church told me what I could decide and what I couldn't for my life. And um, so when you have a, a ruling, you know, some someone outside of you that is ruling you, you want to run from that. You've got to get away. So you become a refugee. You mm-hmm. may have to go in hiding. Um, you may have to leave family or friends or because it's so toxic. Mm. And you've, you've been held in such a tight community that um, to break free, sometimes you have to break free of all of those relationships. And you feel like a refugee. You feel like there's no support. And when we move into realizing who we are, that we are our own spiritual sovereign, we, we have the power to choose our life, to direct our life, to create our reality, and that it can be joyful and that it can be in thriving and in peace that I certainly didn't have within the church. It was a very conditional peace or joy Mm -hmm. according to, did I think I was being obedient and a good Christian? And then when I messed up or sinned, then I would crash again. And then I would have to build myself back up and beg for Mm -hmm. forgiveness. And it was just emotional trauma almost daily. Mm. of guilt and shame and fear lots of fear
1: and so for you Marianne and I know that this certainly would be different for each person but how many decades did that kind of pattern span for
0: you well I didn't leave the church until my mid-40s okay so you know even beyond that working through this over the last you know i'm 62 now so the last several years of of continuing to work on this this is such an ongoing process of yeah. releasing and installing and releasing and installing yeah. so yeah it's long time so i think
1: it's important for your listeners to know that again everyone is different and how they Absolutely. might experience this type of trauma but that it is an ongoing process of healing.
0: Mm-hmm. And there's you know, I know there are folks that that have gone to you know therapists for their anxiety or their clinical depression or you know things like that, bipolar even.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the thing is those are actually symptoms of religious trauma. So mm. we have to not always is just one path because a lot of therapists don't understand religious trauma because maybe they've never experienced it. Right. So they don't quite get it. It's not just really well documented and known. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's um, it, it takes a while. I just have to say it takes a while, but had I had someone that had gone through it already like me, you know i would have bolted forward much more quickly and with mm. much more ease and yeah. grace and gentleness whereas i had to just keep pounding my head in the books trying to figure it out searching 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 for answers
1: mm. so well you actually wrote a a blog um on april 22nd that i thought was amazing and i know that we're going to dig into some of what you wrote in that but you mentioned that there's a Dr. Marlene Wendell who Mm -hmm. actually termed the phrase religious trauma syndrome. And I think it was like around 2011 or 2012. Not that long ago. No, no. So can you talk a little bit about what
0: is religious trauma syndrome
1: and how were you specifically
0: impacted? Yeah, she talks about religious trauma being... How we cope with um, very dogmatic, very patriarchal, typically authoritarian, authoritarian um, religions and the, the damage that's caused by that indoctrination because you're so enclosed into this, the society of the church, if it was anything. And she was actually raised as a missionary kid. So she came from this also. Um, and um, um, so it's, it's how all these, this, this doctrine affects what you think about you. What do you think about the world around you? How do I deal with situations? Uh, because you may not have ever been allowed to make decisions on your own. That was me. Decisions mm-hmm. were always made for me because they were in protection mode. Oh, don't, don't get too involved in the world. So you have parts missing, you have education missing, you know, fine arts and modern art and music. There was so many, it, it closes you down so tight, um, especially in a very, very conservative, tight knit religion like mine was. Mm -hmm. so you know there's other religions that are that are christian oriented and they're much more progressive or more free mine was not Mm. it was very closed put your blinders on for fear the devil will get you or you might get dirty with the world out there Mm. so my reading my studying everything was very monitored my clothing my tv the music we listen to all that is very very monitored very sheltered you feel very sheltered because you don't function in society mm. like friends that listen to certain music I was raised in the 60s and 70s rock music was in full swing and I didn't know even a fraction of the music that my friends listened to even church friends because they they had more freedom than I had so it's very much it, it's very pervasive and so when you, you know,
1: read her information about all the different ways that people are, are impacted, what was your first reaction?
0: Well, I had already heard the term Religious trauma syndrome. I didn't know who had come up with it until a friend actually gave me her name and I came across her website. So I started ravenously reading and watching some of her videos and trainings and I'm going, oh my gosh, it was just like, boom, 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 boom. Every symptom she said is like, I had something going on in each category. (laughs) So, you know, her categories of trauma are um, cognitive you know how we think, mid decision making. You know the black and white, the perfectionism, stuff like that. Um, the emotional is, um, you know, the depression, the anxiety, things like that. And um, the um, the social, you know, we're not as good. We feel awkward. We feel like a fish out of water because we just seem not to fit in to our social groups, um, um, cultural. You know, there's, there's always, you know, family issues that might blow up or, um, uh, you know, so, and, and then there's the, the gaps, those gaps in our education because we've been so sheltered. Mm. And I would add one more because this was huge for me is our physical health, it mm. our physical health, because that was my bing, bing, bing. I'm in deep trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if, you know, your
1: listeners would go and and do some more research on our Dr. Wendell's information, Mm -hmm. I mean, do they need to be able to identify with all of those to say that they have been impacted by this same
0: type of trauma? Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you might, get a, you might get away with just one or two of those areas that you were affected. It was like, well, that was probably more reinforced in your home, whereas my home was, I was indoctrinated in all of the categories. So um, they affected me and I was much, you know, again, you're much more closed in, you're much more sheltered. And that's mm-hmm. the way even Dr. Marlene talks about, you know, she said, it, it, you're just in this sphere. The child is raised in this sphere that's very closed to outside influence. Okay. You no, know? So um, it's, uh, you certainly don't have to, you may just have clinical depression. Right. That actually stems from something, some other trauma. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so would you
1: say that women, are experience this type of, you know, religious trauma differently than men?
0: Uh, I would say yes, because even from the very beginning in Genesis, it's the woman's fault. It's Eve's fault that she ate of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Yet the Lord didn't give her that message. It was her husband because she hadn't even been created yet when that commandment was given. So it was her husband's responsibility to fill her in, which she understood uh, according to the way the scripture pans out. But after that was created, then, you know, uh, with the threat of God says, don't eat this fruit or you'll surely die on the day you do it. And when that happened, yet, it says adam was right there and participated so he was the one who received the instructions but yet it all fell on her you know so <laughs> the just knowing that being told over and over again that it's the woman's fault that there's original sin that now we suffer in childbirth because that was our curse that the lord would increase our cur- our, our suffering and in childbirth we would bear pain and that the man would rule the woman, Genesis three. Mm. So uh, immediately you are no longer sovereign. You are no longer, you no longer have a voice. You no longer can speak up for your desires or your wishes or your, your wants. You, uh, you know, it, you're told to be submissive first to your father and then to your husband. You're told you have no authority in the church uh, over men. You are to be silent. So all of these just runs through the whole, and I was indoctrinated very strongly on every count of those. So to come back out of that and start using your voice and speaking your truth is just amazing. It's just uh, so thrilling to be able to do that and have the freedom and the sovereignty and the you know the, the autonomy that I can speak up for me. And so how did you
1: start to do that, Marianne? I mean, how, how did you find your voice? How did you start to use your voice? How do you use your voice today? Um,
0: in my, I will say in my first marriage, I was trying my hardest to be what I was taught to be, being a submissive wife was not really easy for me to do. I Just didn't seem to get along with that rule. And then not being able to speak up for my desires because I was supposed to be in servitude to my family. My family came first over any desire that I had. So I could never ask for what I wanted. It was very frowned upon because even as a child, if I asked for something, I was told no, no. It's against our religion we don't do that that's for nice that's not for nice little girls you know so i was told no all the time i think that was one of the biggest (laughs) words in my vocabulary of of understanding when i was a kid so just being um just finally now realizing my sovereignty and that it's okay if i because of who i am i'm an extension of source I'm just as valuable when you've been told you're unworthy and you're worthless and then you're unclean as a woman because of your menstrual cycle and you're, you know, you just want to shrink into a corner and go, don't look at me, you know, don't listen to me, you know, so to be able to finally speak up and, and also my husband now is such an encourager mm. for me to use my voice. He wants to hear what I want. He wants to hear my desires because he wants to participate in helping me get them. Right. I never knew that could be possible. So in now being able to speak up, that kind of started me. Oh, well, maybe I can speak up in other areas. What about my business up there? And then receiving messages from the many, you know, they first started out as just written. And then I asked them, could I use my voice? And they're like, yes, let's use your voice. So, you know, now getting to express their messages and, and even talk about this. Yeah. You have the freedom to be able to talk about this. so
1: And so one of the things I I notice is as you are using your voice, you're definitely much more expressive and Mm -hmm. your face just lights up and you become more animated. And so how do you use your voice to help others
0: at this point? Mm. I always love that the many tell me to remind us all speaking to the choir, remind all of us of our goodness. Mm. So because I was taught of how not good I was, that I was innately sinful, that I was full of original sin and there's no way to get it out of you instead of that. No, we're innately good. We are pure positive goodness in the flesh because we are an extension of source energy of God of God's spark, whatever you want to call your higher power, so as that you know, being able now to speak with people and share even the message of the many. When I give of a, of a, 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 a message to someone who's asked a question, you know, I use my voice and allow them to use my voice through mm-hmm. me and talk through me, you know. So. Um, or even just give a message of of encouragement for that day yeah. when they want to give a message in the morning or whatever. And uh, so just sharing that there's hope, that you don't have to stay there, that you can thrive, that you can be at peace and you can be joy because we are here to experience as much joy as possible. And if we're not, then we need to fine tune that until we tune into our own inner being. And so I know who the many are
1: because Mm -hmm. of my interactions with you, but I'm not sure that all of your listeners do. So I wonder if you wanted to talk a little bit about who the many are and, and how they support you in, in living this joyful life and in helping others.
0: Yeah. The many are my spirit guides. Um, I had already for a while been kind of writing what I, was allowing my inner being, um, my inner being, my soul to speak to me about because I would have questions and I would just ask. Um, And then I decided uh, several years before in 2015, um, I was meditating and doing some yoga and, and meditating afterwards. And the conversation in my head was, I love you. I, you know, just kind of loving on myself. I cherish you. And then the conversation went to, we love you. We cherish you. And I was like, who is we? So I put that on the shelf because I was scared and I didn't know what to do with it (laughs) until um, like last year, year before, I guess last year um, that I said, okay, I want to know who we is. Yeah. And so I just allowed them to speak to me. And they started, uh, I started writing one day and what I felt like was gonna come an answer. And the first couple of letters were kind of like how I write, which is very straight up and down. And my hand started pulling real hard to the right. So I knew, okay, they're here. Somebody has taken over and here's the message. And I just kept writing and writing and it's been ever since. So then as I progressed, I was able to actually speak their message rather than having to write it. So they have just so encouraged me with, again, over and over again, goodness, you're just goodness in the flesh. And so if
1: if I wanted to, or or others, your listeners wanted to ask the many a question or or, or get guidance from the many, is that something that's possible? And if so, how,
0: how how would we go about doing that? Absolutely. I offer two ways to get messages from the many. One is where you can actually ask a specific question, so it takes me a little more time to read through your your question and get a feel for, you know, as I tune into the many and to tune into your spirit. Um, so that takes a little long, but that's called ask the many and it's on my website, it's on the front page, I ask the many. And but on that page is another option for you to just ask for a personal reading. You don't really have like a burning question, but you would like a reading. It's it's almost like someone, like you would go to someone for an Oracle card reading. Mm-hmm. It may not be for something specific. You just want a good feeling card for the day. What encouragement can you receive? Or what lesson maybe can you learn? So I offer the second way where you can just ask for a personal reading. And we actually just do that live on a Zoom call. So- okay. Um, they'll get their answer right away as soon as they, you know, I tune into them, tune into their spirit. There's many gives the answer and off we're off and running in a conversation. So, and
1: there's just one more question. Um, And I was curious if, if a, one of your listeners has identified with what you've been talking about with um, religious trauma and they want to You know access your support
0: and your guidance Mm -hmm. how can they do that um right now i am creating a a dynamic thriving spiritual community and it will be member based but until that is ready to go i'm hoping to launch that later in june um until that time they can join my private dynamic thriving spiritual community facebook group So, um, you know, we will, that's kind of new. So we're just gathering, just going to start gathering members so that you can get some more information and we'll have some, um, you know, classes even within that, that private group, but we just don't want peering public eyes. Right. So our right. conversation is sacred and yes. holy to us. So it's very private and I want to keep it that way. Yeah. Uh, so that is a free A free Facebook group that they can absolutely join. And again,
1: through your website.
0: Um, I don't think I even have the link on there. If they'll just go to Facebook under groups, it's just Dynamic Thriving. So at Dynamic Thriving Thriving is our address. Well, Marianne, thank you
1: so much for your continued vulnerability, your ability to really kind of show your listeners Mm -hmm. a a way forward and a little peek into how you have been healing from your own, um, religious trauma and to know more about your, your journey and your shifts in your business. Mm -hmm. Um, and again, thank you for providing
0: me the opportunity to interview you. I just thank you so much. I appreciate you for doing this and taking the time and and creating these beautiful questions because there's so much we could talk about on this subject. And um, I do want to let everyone know there will be a part two because we did not get finished with our questions. And um, I'm looking forward to delving in a little bit deeper on specific things that happen when we are suffering with religious trauma or indoctrinated uh, beliefs trauma so uh, thank everyone thank you all for listening I appreciate you please be sure to like comment or um, subscribe to this podcast because it really helps um, my work go into the world and spread more joy and more hope for thriving and um, as always visit our website mariannepack.com several of our offers are on that front page so I really appreciate you Lori for coming. Um, would you have any insight or a little word of wisdom you would like to share with our audience? I think that
1: for me, it's being aware of just areas that we need to grow and the areas that we need to heal and to be willing to be vulnerable and ask for the support. Yes. It's a lot easier um, to become who we are wanting to
0: become with support. Absolutely. Yes. I'm, I'm a huge proponent of coaching and the mentorship programs and, and things like that, because um, that should be something normal in our lives. Mm-hmm. As you know, you have a little league coach for softball when you're a little bitty guy. Well, you don't take that same coach to college. Right. are to the pros. Right. You progress with a coach all through your athletic career. So this is no different. We need coaches at every step of the way. So I, I definitely um, do highly recommend coaching, whether it's with me, with Lori, with anyone that you resonate with, with your with, that your soul resonates with. So Thank you again for coming. Thank you, Lori. And remember, everyone, you are joy looking for a way to express.